You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Because sometimes I, I go live and I cut the song off because I need to run back there. So that's why I'm saying that. Uh, for all he's done, and this is my wife, Abby, my great friend, Lydia, and my favorite sister-in-law, Stephanie.
What a blessing. He's worthy, isn't he? The children can be dismissed to junior church at this time. What a blessing. Amen. For all the Lord has done. And I, I want to help you a little bit today. I want to try to encourage you. Something that the Lord encouraged me on a couple years ago. This is my pre-message message. But, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times I've, I've known a lot of people that just say, oh boy, I'm having trouble with this big book. I've, ha- I've known a lot of people that have said, well, you know what? I believe I would just, uh, I would praise the Lord. If, he, if, if the Lord told me to praise him, I believe I would. You know, if he, if he led me, if he told me. And so I just want to help you out, okay? You ready? Psalm 146, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, and this is a verse that really was life-transforming for me, this, this principle, this, these two words in the Psalms concerning praise, I will. While I live, will I praise the Lord? All right, so then uh, Psalm 147, praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. Psalm 148, praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise Him in the heights, praise Him, it says, praise Him. 149, the Bible says, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord, oh Uh, a a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints then psalm 150 praise ye the lord praise god in his sanctuary praise him in the firmament of his power praise him for his mighty acts praise him for his excellent greatness praise him with the sound of the trumpet praise him with the psaltery and harp Praise Him with the, trim, the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And you ready for it? Praise ye the Lord. We sit around sometimes, we're so scared to death of a charismatic that we're scared to lift up a hand or say hallelujah or amen. Well, I'm not sure I feel led. <laughs> Uh, Well, listen, folks, we're Bible-believing Christians, amen? If God tells us to do something, we don't wait around until we feel led to do it, do we? God says to pray. Well, I'm not sure I feel led to pray. Uh, Listen, God said to pray. We can praise Him, amen? So as a child of God, He gives you permission, amen? Uh, Matter of fact, He gives us a command, amen? But to praise His name. And I'm so glad it's all about Him today, aren't you? Um, Some of you are looking at me funny, amen? But anyway... Uh, the Lord is so good. I want to preach today out of the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. I told you that was just a pre-message message. In the book of Nehemiah today, chapter number one, you know, it's amazing things that can happen on an ordinary day. And for Nehemiah, it was a very normal day in the palace of Susa in ancient Persia. And of course, this is modern day Iran, uh, the, the, the current city of Shusha, the Shusa, Um, but the ancient city of Susa and the ancient uh, country of Persia. It was just like every other day. Nehemiah had put on a fancy suit of clothes because he had a pretty cushy job. He was a cupbearer to the great Arzerses, uh, uh, Longamus, who ruled Persia from about 464 to 423 B.C., It was a position that Nehemiah had of great responsibility and great privilege. 
But it wasn't without its hazards. The Bible tells us that he was a cup bearer. Now, there's a couple things that tells us about it being a good job. But again, the hazard of the job was this man quite literally would drink from the cup before the king would drink from it. So in other words, he drinks from the cup and then the king looks at him for a little bit. Okay, he didn't kill over it, must not be poison. Before the king would eat his meal, Nehemiah would take a bite and say, okay. And then the king would look and say, all right, doesn't appear as if he's dying. There's nothing wrong with the meal. So it had a few hazards, this job. However, it was a good job in the sense that this, you, you were a pretty important person to have this position. The man that stood close to the king in public had to be a handsome man. That would have disqualified most of us right there, wouldn't it? Uh, he had to be a handsome man. He had to be a cultured man. He had to be knowledgeable in court procedures and able to converse with the king and advise the king. This was a really important position. Because he had access to the king, the cupbearer was a man of great influence, which he could use for good or for evil. So just like every other day, Nehemiah puts on his fancy clothes, gets dressed up. Again, he's got to look good for his job. He gets there. He's ready to do the part that he's done like he does every other day. But unlike every other day, Nehemiah got a visit. And we're going to read about that visit in Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, The words of Nehemiah, the prophet of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, which is around November for our calendar, in the twentieth year I was in Shushan the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came. He and certain men of Judah, and I asked him concerning the Jews that had escaped which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Look at verse 4. The Bible says, And it came to pass when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And I want to pause right there as we consider this message today. He received a visit and furthermore, he asked a question. He learned something that would change his life and really change the course of an entire nation. He was about to be called, folks, this normal man. Now, he was extraordinary in some ways, as you'll learn in the book of Nehemiah. But, but for all intents and purposes, he was just a normal man that had a, a very important job. But my point is, he wasn't a prophet or a priest. I'll say more about that in a moment. But all of a sudden... This man is being called to become a difference maker. A difference maker. And that's what I want to talk about today is being a difference maker. Because whether you realize it or not today, every one of you today have been called to be a difference maker. Every one of you. The Bible says in Jude 122, and it says this specifically about living in the last days, which we're living in, 
where the Bible says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. You, you look at this man, Nehemiah, he had some compassion, didn't he? He heard about a need that broke his heart. He was a difference maker. Now remember, Nehemiah's life is fine. Nehemiah's, Nehemiah's life is good. I mean, he's got it made. But he learns about some folks that don't have it made. He learns about a need that breaks his heart. Of some have compassion making a difference. So I want to look just for a few minutes this morning at a few things about Nehemiah, about him being a difference maker, that I hope will encourage you and I to be the difference makers God has called us to be. And I couldn't even help when, when we were up here singing. And boy, I love the songs today and the singing as I always do. I appreciate those that put in the time and effort. You know what, you know what there's a lot, of, a lot of in Elk Point Baptist Church? We've got a lot of difference makers in here. We really do. God has given us a church with some difference makers in it. And I want to encourage you to continue to make a difference. And, and maybe, even, maybe, you, maybe you can broaden the influence of the difference that you're making in your life. See, for nearly a century, the Jewish remnant had been back in their own land. They were released. If you remember the book of Daniel, King Cyrus allowed them to go back and, uh, into their own land. Some years later, Ezra went back and, and, and actually began to rebuild the temple. But the walls weren't built. The people were in distress. The people weren't able to worship God in the way that God intended for them to worship. This, and this was not only a disgrace and a difficulty for the people, it was really a disgrace to the name of God Almighty. But the bottom line is, there were some people somewhere else that needed some help. And that God would be glorified if they got the help that they needed. Now that's nothing unusual, is it? There's always a need. It's not hard to find a need around us, is it? They're all over the place. Um, but to make a difference, and a lot of times... We can say to ourselves, man, it would be, I sure wish somebody would go do something about that. But every once in a while, there are some people that say, well, I believe I'll do something about it. I'll be a difference maker. I'll be the one that makes uh, a difference there. I'll be that somebody, you know. And if you've heard, heard me for long, you know how I talk about that, you know, the whole deal about being at work and wishing somebody would do this or that. Uh, and then I just say, well, I believe I'll just be somebody today and I'll do it, all right? Uh, but you know what? That's the way it is when it comes to being a difference maker. We make a difference when we say, you know what? I'll be somebody. Have you ever thought about this? And I know some of you have because the reason some of the things that I, I, I often make this statement on how that this church works because this church works. Uh, people work. People do make a difference. People do put in time. People do use their spiritual gifts. And by the way, we were given spiritual gifts for using in the church. But, but every once in a while, somebody will say, man, pastor, somebody will see a need. Boy, pastor, it sure would be great if the church did this ministry. And a lot of times what people mean by that is, so get with it, pastor. Get it done, right? Uh, but, but, but have you ever thought that maybe the reason that you care about this, the reason that, that this means so much to you, and don't get offended in the fact that you maybe bring something up and, and maybe it's honorable, but maybe I don't quite have the passion for it, but you seem to, maybe 
God is calling you to make a difference in that way. You say, well, preacher, that can't be because I, I, I'm not a preacher. I've never been trained for the ministry. I blah, 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 blah. Well, neither had Nehemiah. We're going to find out. See, being a difference maker, really the qualification for being a difference maker, it, listen, it's not about ability. It's about availability. That's what it's about. It's not about your ability. It's about your availability. Now, God may indeed and often does use your ability, your God-given ability. And we have got, whether you're saved or not, we all have God-given ability from birth. But then once we're saved by the grace of God, we're given even more ability. We're given spiritual gifts. Every child of God is given at least one spiritual gift to use to serve the people of God, to serve the church, to help bring glory to God's name, to help reach souls for the glory of God. But I want to notice just a few things about becoming a difference maker. Are you interested in being a difference maker? If you're, I believe you are, but I believe if you're not, I hope by the end that you can be challenged to be, to at least have the desire to make a difference. It don't have to be a, you don't have to make a difference by standing up here in front of everybody. I thank God for people that make a difference in the kitchen, amen, and in the nursery. And I appreciate people that make a difference up here on Saturdays when they're trying to get the church all clean uh, and, and ready for people to be able to come in and worship. There are so many different ways that we can make a difference. But notice a few things here quickly. God's place and God's timing, number one. God placed Nehemiah where he was, when he was there. God put him there. In this time, where he was, when he was. Why? Because God had a work for him to do there. You want to know where you, why you are where you are? Because that's where God wants you to be right now. Uh, and that's why you are when you are, amen? In other words, that's why at this place in your life. You know, so many people can look at whatever stage they are in life, uh, whether they're younger, whether they're older, whether they're middle-aged, whatever they are, and they might say, well, I, they'll, they'll sit and list. You ever know an older person can do this, a younger person? They can sit and Murray and just enumerate the things they can't do. I'm not able to do this, and I can't do this yet, or I'm older, and boy, I, I, there's no way I can still do well, So what? Maybe that's not what God wants you to do. Don't just be so focused on what you can't do. Focus on what God can use you to do. You're not responsible to do, to, to do what God's not telling you to do. Amen. But God placed him where he was when he was because he had a work for him. And I promise you, you can make a difference wherever you are. Does, uh, I wonder even about some of our stay-at-home moms. Is it hard sometimes being a stay-at-home mom, feeling like you're making a difference in the world? You know, you're chasing a bunch of, uh, you, you don't feel like you can make a difference in your house, <laughs> much less the world. But in reality, I just want to encourage the moms, who in the world's making a bigger difference than you anyway? It may not feel like it. And of course, you, don't, you, you feel like you don't have it all together because you don't, nobody does, but it doesn't mean you're not doing an awesome job. And it doesn't mean, listen, the impact that a mom makes on her kids uh, is, is just, there, there's nothing any greater than that. Because uh, see, you can just feel like, man, what am I doing? This message ain't for me, I'm not a difference maker, you know, I'm running around in my sweats, trying to keep up with some bratty kids that won't listen and wiping noses and cleaning up messes and, and just being exhausted and whatever else. Listen, you're making a difference, amen? You are a difference. Uh, you are a difference maker. I, I, I speak to the folks that are in uh, assisted living or in, re, in retirement homes, nursing homes, and I tell them, make a difference. 
God's not done with you. Make a difference. Uh, and praise God, many of them are making a difference. Many of them do reach out to others and are making a difference there. See, God put Nehemiah in Sushan just as he had put Esther there a generation before. And just as he, as he had put Joseph in Egypt and Daniel in Babylon, just as he has placed you in the place where you are. You say, well, I'm no Daniel, I'm no Esther, I'm no Joseph, I'm no Nehemiah. No, you're Ralph. And you're Richard. You know, you're Jager. That's who you are. See, before these men were called by God, Trey, to be something great, they were just, I mean, at one time, Daniel was just Dan, right? He was just old Daniel. Old Danny boy. That's what they called him. They probably didn't, but uh, he was just a normal guy. And I'm telling you, that's the kind of people that God uses, by the way, which I think I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's just making the point of this. God's place, God's timing. God's got, a, God's got an extraordinary call for your life. He always prepares His workers and puts them in the right place at the right time. When what God wants to accomplish the work, that's what He does. One of my favorite passages, I, I live by this, this providential uh, verse. Where the Bible says in Esther 4.14, man, the word spoken, where it says, Who knows, but that you are brought into the kingdom, and here it is, for such a time as this. Oh, if I could just, if I could just get you to hear me today. You are who you are. You are where you are for such a time as this. Right now. If you're not saved today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're here, who you are, where you are, for such a time as this, so you might hear the gospel and trust Christ. Amen? But if you're saved by God's grace, you are who you are, where you are, for such a time as this. I, I believe that with all of my heart, every fiber of my being. When people become a part of this church, I, I, I try to say it as often as I can to those who are new to the church and wanting to commit and be, you know, belong and work in this church. And I'll say, man, I believe God's brought you here for such a time as this. We are here at this point in history, at this time, to make a difference. That's why God's brought you here. Because we're in this place to affect your home, your street your community, your town, for the glory and honor of God. We're here, every one of us, to be difference makers. I was so, i got to tell you, I was so blessed today. And, uh, and I, I don't know if, the, what the, if it was the, the direct message of the song, but I know that the, the message that I was just being reminded of as I was sitting up here getting ready to come preach is it was such a relief to know that this ain't all about me. This church is not about me. It's about Christ. Amen? It's about making a difference for Christ. And you know what? I, I just thought sitting right there, all I've got to do today is just get up here and do my part. All I've got to do today is do what God's called me to do today. And because this church isn't built on me, it's built on Jesus Christ. Amen? It's built on the Word of God, and that's where we're going to continue to go. But it was just such a blessing, such a comfort to know that. Because it's not about you. Because you can get so hung up. And what I mean to say by that is this. How many of you are perfect? One of the requirements of being a difference maker is not perfection. All right? Good news there. 
One of, the, one of the qualifications of being a difference maker is not a person who doesn't fail. And it's not a person who doesn't struggle. Because I may be wrong, but I think I'm right and that that would disqualify every one of us. I believe it would. And you say, well, don't judge me like that. Uh, well, don't judge me for judging you. Amen. Pray for me. No, I'm just kidding you. Uh, just teasing you. But what I'm trying to say is this. God just wants to, he just wants to, he, it's not about, about ability. I understand. God wants to use a clean vessel. That's a fact. I understand that. But listen, he's, he wants to use people that are available. He uses volunteers. People that just say, I'll go. I'll do it. And so God's, uh, God's call is to his place and his timing. I may be getting ahead of myself, and, and, and I didn't ask Nicole's permission for this, but I just can't help but think about Nicole. How many of you believe that saving and making a difference in the life of, uh, of the unborn makes a difference in a time where they're being slaughtered, and they have for many of us for our lifetime in this country? You know, I want to make a difference in that. I mean, I really do. Um, and Nicole wanted to make a difference in that. So you know what she started doing? And, and I hope I've got the story right, amen? But if not, just say amen and go along with me. We'll fix it later. I look bad enough as it is, amen? But, uh, but no, if, I, if I remember correctly, Nicole just cared and started volunteering. Is that right? She said, you know what? I just want to help. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to put forth my time. It wasn't because Nicole was just sitting around one day thinking, I have absolutely nothing to do. I, I, I need to find something, so I'll go do it. No, the, she just said, you know what? That's a cause I believe in. I believe in helping, I believe in helping young, young mothers uh, who, who, who are pregnant, an unexpected, unplanned uh, pregnancy. I believe in trying to help those. I believe in trying to help that baby that's in her womb. I believe in trying to help them and guide them in parenting and, and, and even provide uh, uh, physical and material goods for them after, before and after they give. I believe in helping them get good treatment. And guess what happened? Before, that's what Nicole does. She becomes a difference maker. And praise God, time goes on and pretty, it hadn't been that long ago, I don't think, where they're just like, you know what, I think we'll just hire you, amen. Uh, we want you to work here. And, but you know where, but she's making a difference. She's making a difference. Uh, now listen, that's not my calling, and they would not welcome me there to do what she does, okay? I'll just tell you there right now. Um, that's not uh, quite uh, where they want dudes hanging around all the time. But, um, but, but the point being, I may not be able to do that, but you know what I can do? I can try to support her. I can try to say, hey, what's the need? I can, you know, say, I can pray for her and, and so forth. I mean, that's not my calling, but I can, my calling is definitely to, to make a difference there, but I've got to do it in the ways that I can. So God's timing and God's place, God's timing. Uh, number two, I've already alluded to this a little bit, but God's unexpected call. Again, it was just a routine day when his brother came along. But it turned out to be a very important turning point in Nehemiah's life. See, the thing about it is, like large doors, you've heard this probably, like large doors, great life-changing events can swing on very small hinges. Like large doors, great life-changing events can swing on very small hinges. It was just another day when Moses went out to care for his sheep. But on that day, he heard the Lord's call and became a prophet. It was an ordinary day when David was called home from shepherding his flock. 
Can you imagine that? David's just out doing what he's doing. He's a kid. He comes home. His dad says, come home. He says, well, dad wouldn't normally call me home this early in the day. He gets there, and there's the prophet Samuel. What's Samuel doing here? Samuel says there's a king in our midst. Okay? And it was just a normal day. And here's old Samuel taking an anointing, this young man, to be the next king of Israel. Just an ordinary day. See, it's an unexpected call. It was an ordinary day when Peter, Andrew, James, and John. I love the Word of God, don't you? And I love the Lord, and I love the way God works. God said, I need 12 men to help me change the world, turn the world upside down. He did not, he did not go to the most uh, you know, polished men. He did not even go to the most educated men. He didn't go to the best. You know what he did? He said, I think I'll go find some fishermen. And here's a bunch of ordinary people, just Peter, James, and John. And by the way, John was another young one. Mama, forgive me. He was a young one. I'll just tell you right now, okay? I'll tell it like it is. Uh, he was a young one, but God used him. It was an ordinary day, them mending their nets after a night of failure. But on that day, the Lord called them to be fishers of men. You never know what God has in store, even in a commonplace conversation with a friend or a relative. Oh, may I challenge you to, to keep your heart open. You may be sitting there thinking, again, don't think about what you can't do. Let God use you to make a difference in the ways that you can. See, God's unexpected call. I've already said this, so I'll say it just quickly. He was a normal guy. You read about Nehemiah, you'll find out he was an extraordinary man. But I'm just saying, as far as a position goes, yeah, he had a good job. But the point is, this man, and God in, this, in Nehemiah, God is not calling him to be a prophet. God is not calling him to be a priest. God is not saying, okay, Nehemiah, I want you to leave that job forever and go do something else. He just said, I want you to take a break from that job and go do something. And, and uh, see, I mean, he, he, this guy, Nehemiah, he was a layman. He was a normal guy. He just had a regular job. That's who Nehemiah was. He was a normal guy, but you don't have to be a preacher or called to the, called to the ministry, as we think about it, to be a difference maker. Ordinary people placed in ordinary places to do extraordinary things for an extraordinary God. Moms, there's no telling what God could do with those little babies you're bringing up, with those kids that you're teaching. There's no telling what God could do with them. There's no telling what God may do with a, a friend or a neighbor that you intervene on. When you just understand the power of the gospel, when you understand the power of just caring about somebody, reaching out to somebody, making a difference to somebody. And can I say this? Not everybody may approve of the ministry or whatever it is you feel like God wants you to do. But you can't let that stop you. I, I, this ain't about me. I've already said that, but I just think I'll say this. When I first told people I was coming to South Dakota, you know what their reaction was? Well, yeah, where? <laughs> hey, I'm, I, I wish, I'm, I'm not joking here. They, I'm telling you, the people that... that Wanted to, they wanted, more than any, most people, a lot of people be curious. Number one, they asked me if they spoke, I, I was asked if people spoke English here. I'm not lying. I was also asked if people still lived in teepees out here. Not lying. Um, okay, uh, so 
uh, for reals. But not only that, I was also told by other preachers. Brother, you know how many people live out there? That's like, do you know the size of the towns out there? No, no, no. Don't go to South Dakota. Go someplace bigger. And, uh, and, and if you're going to, if, if you're bound and determined to go out west somewhere, at least go to the Pacific Northwest or somewhere to where, you know, where they've got at least a million people or so. Do not go to South Dakota. That's, that, that's a, as if it were a waste. Uh, but I'm telling you, I didn't really give a rip what they said. Amen? I say, man, pre, you know, thanks for your advice. Appreciate your encouragement. Uh, but I'm going to do what God said to do. I'm going to do what God said to do. And uh, because, listen, not everybody's always going to approve of what, you, what God's going to call you to do. I'll tell you right now, if, if I would have told them I was coming to Elk Point, South Dakota, I don't even know, well, I don't even want to know what they would say. Uh, but uh, you're going to a town of 2,000 people uh, that you just can't do that. And well-meaning people, good people. But uh, listen, God calls us in unexpected ways. He called normal, normal people. And he can use you to do something extraordinary in somebody else's life. I often think of Edward Kimball, you know, and I, uh, he, he's often brought up in these situations where he was a Sunday school teacher. Um, from everything you read about him, it wasn't like he was just some powerhouse of a Sunday school teacher. He was really a, a guy that was willing to teach Sunday school that cared for his teen class. And he, he, he cared for uh, Dwight Moody, you know, one of the kids in his class that seemed like he could care less about God care less about the things of God. And he got a burden. He got a burden. It's interesting when you go read the prophets. Oftentimes, the prophets will start off by saying the burden of Jeremiah or the burden of Zechariah. You know what a burden is? Burden and calling are synonymous. It's a calling. But, but, but this man, Edward Kimball, got a burden for Dwight. He mustered up the strength and went and to the shoe store where he worked. And, uh, and little, uh, poor old Dwight. You think I sound dumb sometimes. You should have listened to Dwight. And I'm talking about even years after he was preaching. Uh, and he probably just got a job there because a relative owned the store. He just wasn't the sharpest guy around. But he got a job there, and Edward Kimball hesitated to go in because he was a little shy. He was a little, uh, uh, he wasn't too sure of himself. But he got up the strength, he mustered up the strength to go into that shoe store, asked to talk to Dwight, shared the gospel with him, concerned with his soul, felt like he did a horrible job. It wasn't like he, it wasn't like, man, I wish I could have that recorded just to play for people. You know how people play clips of, of people sharing the gospel? From what I understand, you would have not have wanted to play a clip of Edward Kimball sharing the gospel with D.L. Moody. Just, it wasn't great. His presentation, but his message was great. Amen? Because the fact is, folks, listen to this. It's not, it wasn't about Edward, Edward Kimball, and it's not about you. It's not about your delivery. It's about the gospel. Amen? It, it, it's not about your knowledge. It's about the power of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. We need to quit, quit making excuses for not being a difference maker. Because it's not us, really, that's been a difference maker. We're letting the Holy Spirit of God be a difference maker through our lives. And just lastly, I want to close with a, what I think is a legitimate question that you may be asking. That's this. Why I care? Why would I want to be a difference maker? 
Why would that interest me? And I believe that's a, a legitimate question. Have you ever felt like God and the preacher are trying to mess your life up? You ever felt like that? Um, I mean, you know, you have a good thing going. You've got everything all figured out. You already have a plan. You don't need God to tell you some plan. You've already got a plan. You know, there's some people, they have their plan written out from the time they were kids. I don't, oh God, you preacher's up here saying God's got a plan for my life. Don't need one, got one. Right? Don't need one, got one. I'm good. Now listen, it could be that the plan that, God, that you have may be the plan that God wants for your life. But just being willing to say, I want to make a difference. And, uh, and, and, you know, sometimes somebody might say this, I've already got somebody I care about. We're talking about care. I already got somebody I care about, and it's me. <laughs> and I'm trying to make a difference in my own life, preacher. Thank you very much. I'm trying to make a, preacher, a difference in my family's life. Thank you very much. That's good. I've already talked about that. But that's not all it's about. It's about others. Amen. It's about making a difference with somebody else. I could preach a whole message on this, but I'm not going to start now. I'm going to give, give this to you as condensed as I possibly can. Nehemiah here cared about people that honestly didn't affect his life really at all. They were hundreds of miles away. The judgment that was brought on him wasn't his fault. But he was willing to ask the question. Would you be willing to ask that question today, Lord? What's the need? What would you have me to do? Maybe you're already making a difference. But Lord, if, if I can make a greater impact, a greater difference, help me to do that. I like what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship. This is after, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You study good works in the New Testament, I believe you'll find out these good works are affecting somebody. I believe you'll find out these good works are making a difference in somebody else's life, making a difference in the church, making a difference for Christ. Did you know that every Christian is a minister? Really? A minister just means a servant. Every Christian is a minister. Not every Christian is a pastor or a preacher, but every Christian is to be a minister. That means that you can use your talents and gifts to make a contribution, to be a giver and not just a taker. We take, but we ought to be giving also. Um, it's a sad thing that culture, our culture, the world tries to teach us the best way to be happy, the best way to be joyful is to do what? Look out for me. Look out for me. It's so popular. It's got to be me. It's got to be me, myself, and I. But, you know, but, but the, the fact of the matter is, folks, that's really not true. It's countercultural, but I'm telling you, it is biblically sound to say that the truth is the most happy people on earth are helpful people. People that volunteer, Paul said in Philippians 2.17, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. He says it's a joy for me to give my life to serve you. 
If we can give, use our gifts to help other people. The Bible says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 1 Peter 4.10 As every man hath received the gift. Now, every one of us, if you're saved, you've received the gift of eternal life, but you've also received a spiritual gift. So with that spiritual gift, what's it say? Even so, minister. Every one of us should be ministering. Serving in some way. Blessing and helping. Making a difference in some way. How? Even so, minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That grace that just keeps opening. And the more you serve, the more grace God gives. And the more fulfilled you are. Please listen to this. Do not believe the lie of the devil. That the best way that you're going to have an abundant life and a fulfilled life is by only investing in yourself. Science proves it out. Psychology proves it out. When you just focus on you, you become a miserable human being. Oh, my friend, listen, Jesus said that if you save your life, you'll lose your life. It's paradoxical, isn't it? It doesn't make sense. Do you want to be a, a person with joy and peace? Then don't focus on yourself first. Focus on somebody else. Serve the Lord. Serve somebody else. Being, being a difference maker is love in action. I think about the Good Samaritan. He saw the need, and he stopped and he helped. There's a bit of a contrast here. I'll say, and then I want to give you a couple verses and leave after that. But I, I think, for one thing, Nehemiah asked his brother and the guys that were with him, hey, uh, how's things going over there? Hananiah told him. But they kind of were two different guys, weren't they? They both heard the need. They both knew the need. One was moved to action. The other one said, you know, like the priest and the Levite, when they saw the, saw the, uh, the man that had been beat up and left for dead, and, uh, and then they saw him laying over there, they just thought, well, that's a shame. One of them passed by. One of them came and looked and said, boy, he don't look like he's long for this world, and then kept on going. But then somebody, the Good Samaritan, come along and said, no, no, no. You know what? I might get bloody. I might get dirty. But I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I mean, listen, uh, being a difference maker is love in action. Uh, think, you remember what Jesus said? Uh, he, said you're, he said, there's going to come a time that you stand before me. And I'm going to say, man, you're blessed. What are you blessed for? Uh, man, you're blessed because when I was hungry, you gave me bread. When I was thirsty, you gave me water. When, when I didn't have clothing, you gave me clothes. And they're going to say, well, Lord, when did we do that? He said, when you did it unto the least of these. When you helped somebody that couldn't help you back. When you did something for somebody and wasn't looking for any credit, you weren't getting anything else out of it, you did it unto me. And then on, on the same token, remember what he said? He said, I'm going to say to other, some of the other ones. Hey, I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. He said, whoa, whoa, Lord, we, we, we were good to you. He's like, no, no, because you didn't do it to the least of these. You didn't do it to me. So 
uh, the, the only way that we can really serve God is by serving people and helping others in Jesus' name, being a difference maker. I'm going to give you just a few verses here, and then we'll stand to be dismissed in just a moment. Romans 10, 14, How then shall they call on him whom they have not heard? I'm sorry, whom they have not believed. And how shall they believe on him uh, whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How's people going to come to Christ if they don't hear about it? It reminds me of that, the, the Samaritan woman. I'm uh, talking about Samaritans today. It reminds me of the Samaritan woman. Remember, man, she got saved. Jesus gave her water that, that, that she would never thirst. And Jesus didn't say, okay, now here's what you do. No, she just went and started telling people, didn't she? That's what we ought to do. Just start telling people. I'm not a good speaker. Neither was Moses. Amen. I'm not very bold. Well, there's others in the Bible that were that way, amen? It, but it's not about you. It's about Him, and it's about the message. Um, Ezekiel 22, verse 30, the Bible says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. That goes back to before what happened to Judah happened to Judah. And then Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And here's what my appeal to you is today, I guess, in closing, in being a difference maker. Would you be willing to say the words of Isaiah when he says, Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. You know, as we all stand today, and as Miss Barb comes to the piano this morning, I want to thank all of you that are making a difference, and you are. But man, let's keep it up, amen? Maybe you know that God, maybe, maybe God's speaking to your heart about making a greater difference, a greater impact. Maybe you're falling into the trap of, of becoming, you know, kind of self-centered and, and just focused on you, and man, maybe this would be a good time to say, man, If I try to save my life, I'm going to lose it. But if I'm willing to lose my life, I'm going to gain it. I want to give my life. It's not about him, it's about us. Anybody? Hear my Lord, send me. I want to, I want to thank the Lord this morning. Wouldn't you thank, thank him with me? I'm glad he saw our need and came, aren't you? And I don't know the hearts of those that are here today, but if there's anybody here today that doesn't know Christ as your Savior, Christ saw your need he looked down through time and saw your need for a Savior. Your sin that separates you from God. And He willingly went to the cross that you might be saved. He came to make a difference in your life. He gave His life. And you know what He called that? The joy that was set before Him. He did that because He knew that there would be joy that followed. I would not try to deceive you into saying that Serving is always easy. You don't always get appreciated serving. You don't always get acknowledged serving. When you're up here like me, you might get more of it, but the things you're doing behind the scenes, you make an effort to do something, you have a great vision of, of men and women just getting excited about what God's called you to do. And you're going to meet on a Saturday morning and nobody shows up. But you keep going anyway, amen? 
you keep following God's call, Jesus kept coming. And if you don't know Christ today, he came so that you might be saved. Child of God, I challenge you today. I challenge myself. Be a difference maker. Do for somebody, do for somebody that can't do for themselves. Serve somebody that, and expect nothing in return. Heavenly Father, I thank you for making such a difference in my life. And I thank you for those that made a difference in my life. Every one of us, God, honestly, there is not one person standing here that's not here because somebody made a difference in their life. <laughs> I hope that we'll all maybe pause and think of a couple of those just right now and thank you for them. Thank for Preacher Ellis. Thank for Joe Fleming. Thank for Bill Skeen. And thank you, Lord, for those that invested in my life, made a difference. Help me, God, to be willing to make a difference in somebody else's life, Lord. Use me, I pray. Help us to know, God, when we start looking at ourselves and we think, well, I just, what could God ever use me to do? I, can't, I can hardly just make it. I can hardly make it. That's because it's not about us. That's because we're weak. And we're the kind of people that you use, Lord. Yes, if there's sin in our lives, God, we need to get that right so we can be clean and pure vessels. But God, I just pray that you'll help us, dear Lord, to know that it doesn't mean that we are infallible people. We're not going around trying to tell people how infallible we are. We're trying to tell them how great you are. We're not going around trying to say, hey, I want you to listen to how well I can communicate this wonderful message to you. That's not what we're doing. We're just doing the best we can to say, hey, I might not be able to say this just right, but I've got a great message I want to share with you. We might not know a whole lot, but we don't need to depend on our knowledge. We need to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit of God to do the work through the Word. Help us to be difference makers for you, dear Lord, I pray. And we'll thank you, dear God, for all that you do, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for coming. Have a great day.